Do our actions match our words? Are pro-lifers making progress in the culture war? And what strategies and tactics are working to change hearts and minds? I'm Mark Harrington, and you're listening to Activist Radio on The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. Today on the program, I have as my guest, Kristen Polo, who is the executive director to Protect Life Michigan. Kristen, thanks for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. So, Kristen, Rissi, uh, it's great to have you. Uh, you are a kindred spirit in the battle uh, over abortion. Uh, Protect Life Michigan is uh, one of my favorite organizations. Uh, you do a lot of similar things that we do. We're focused on college and high school campuses. And, uh, you know, that's why I wanted to bring you on the program, because I, I want to kind of take us take a look at where we stand when it comes to outreach and reaching young people on college and high school campuses after the election and all of that. So uh, if you would, please tell us about Protect Life Michigan. Give us your you know, story as to how you got in the movement. And then I, I want to ask you some questions about where we stand on college and high school campuses. Absolutely. Protect Life Michigan has been around since 2005. Back then it was a coalition of a few college pro-life groups from around the state that came together so that they could be more strategic about bringing the pro-life message to campus. And now we have um, groups on almost every university's campus in the state. We're in 30 high schools. We even work with young professionals to help keep them involved. So there's been a lot of growth over the years, but I came to the organization after graduating college my pro-life story starts years before that. In fact, where did you graduate? University of Michigan, uh, uh, not uh, Ohio State. I'm sorry to say. That's okay. I'll I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> Good. Go uh, so I got involved when I was a high school student, right after President Obama was elected to office, and there was like mm -hmm. uproar in the pro-life movement. So many people started getting actively involved in fighting the injustice because they knew that we would have to fight harder than ever before when faced with a president that was the most pro-abortion president that you know our, our nation had ever had. And I think we're kind of in that same position today. We need to mm -hmm. have another uprising of people yeah. that are ready to step up to the plate and fight. Well, I agree with you. You know, back in the day, you know, I go way back. <laughs> I go way back to the Clinton years. Uh, I thought that was the end of it all for everybody, you know, and then came President Obama. We survived both of those presidencies in the movement. And now I think we're facing the greatest threat ever posed to preborn life in my lifetime. And I think in the history of our country with the Biden administration, I mean, they are moving at warp speed to undo all the Trump administration's restrictions on abortion and the progress that we found in the last four years. Uh, and, and, you know, that's on the political side of things. And, and like you, uh, Created Equal, uh, like Pro Protect Life Michigan, we're not a political group, although, you know, obviously we need to speak to politics because politics is worldview and it's, it's part of the discussion on college campuses. We've got to be able to 
to address that. But we're not a political organization, but it certainly has changed the the debate in many respects uh, when it comes to abortion with what's going on in Washington. Um, I'm not a big fan of Washington. Obviously, we're, we're looking at lots of corruption and dysfunction and gridlock, and it seems like nothing gets done there. Uh, and that's why we're not a political group. We're changing hearts and minds because right. politics is downstream from culture. Uh, Kristen, as we look at uh, the college and high school campus environment, and I know with COVID, you know, like you guys, I mean, we've really fought to try to get access to college and college campuses and stuff over COVID, which has been a real challenge. Things are starting to open up a little bit now, which we're grateful for. Uh, we're still going to campuses, even if uh, with with or without COVID. But there are a lot more challenges than there were, say, just even a couple years ago. If you would, I, I kind of want to just ask the question, when it comes to uh, campuses, high school or college, do you think we're gaining ground or we're losing ground with young people? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it depends where you are. For example, mm -hmm. I know here in Michigan and probably similarly in Ohio, I believe we're gaining ground because I can see and count the number of pro-choice hearts and minds that are being changed in each one of our mm -hmm. schools here in Michigan and how mm -hmm. many young people I'm training as well. I mean, we've trained, we've had over almost 5,000 students in our trainings just this school year. Um, so the sad news is that there aren't groups like this in every single state across the nation. Um, we have a lot of work to do if we're gonna train the people we need to train and reach the people we need to reach. And uh, Protect Life Michigan focuses on college and high school campuses like we do. Um, and you've got groups, you said how many high school campus organizations do you have? About 30. And we just launched this high school branch of our organization last year. So it's amazing how high school students are stepping up and want to get involved. In fact, we don't have enough people to serve all of the high schoolers. Right. Well, that's always that are... the problem, right? The the the, uh, the need is great, but the, the workers sure. are few. Uh, you know, your, your approach to high school campus is a little different than ours. I appreciate you guys setting up these groups. How do you get into a high school? Because I know in the past, the years that I've been doing this, really hard to get in. Of course, Planned Parenthood, they get in easily. I mean, they're in there teaching their, their stuff. How do you guys establish these groups? Really, we just need a student and usually a faculty advisor. Um, uh -huh. And at most, at public schools, they have to allow it. And we have a great team of attorneys from a lot of different organizations that help us if we ever run into roadblocks. But we we usually don't, at least not in starting a group. The trouble comes when the group wants to do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I wondered know, about that. The administration, do they gag you guys? Do they say, you know, you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't say this? What kind of limits Absolutely. do they put on the in high schools and in colleges, that's where we face mm -hmm. our biggest battle is against the administrators who are trying to mm -hmm. censor what the groups are doing. They, they're fine with allowing them to be there. They just don't want you to be active in any way. But it's interesting what you just said that Planned Parenthood is in these schools giving presentations. Mm -hmm. They're even targeting the cell phones of like 13 year olds with abortion advertisements. And Easy. what, 
What we have found is that when there are students in a high school who are willing to stand up and expose the reality of abortion, Planned Parenthood loses because they they can't speak to that once that truth is told. Just to give you a good example of how this has played out here, Planned Parenthood had a conference um, here in Lansing not too long ago, and their student activism branch spent an entire session talking about how one of their biggest battles is against Protect Life Michigan. And they said that they feel like they can't win students back after we reach them and they don't know what to do about that. (laughs) Well, I hope hopefully you grab that comment and put that in your last fundraiser. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, that's some, that's some great fodder. And I think that's the truth of what Mm -hmm. both you and I are doing. We're exposing Mm -hmm. the injustice. And once that injustice is exposed, they don't know what to do about it. They can't bring people back once they've seen it. Mm-hmm. My guest in, today is Kristen Polo. She's the executive director for Protect Life Michigan. And you can go to protectlifemi.com to find out more. Uh, Kristen, after the election, uh, I don't know how it's you, but I kind of took some time to reevaluate some things to kind of reset our organization to make sure there are priorities were right and consistent with the environment that we're facing. I assume you did that as well. I don't know if much of the movement did that, honestly. Sometimes I think that we're just kind of going along with the old old uh, you know school ways of reaching folks. But I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible for my group. Uh, what what other things uh, did you do the same thing? And if anything, uh, what have you? done or what are you doing that might be different than what you might were doing, say, just a year ago or two years ago? Sure. I think we absolutely did take time to reevaluate after the election. Sure. And there's a couple things. One, we have made a commitment to ramp up our efforts even more. Uh, we're going to, into an event on Saturday when where we'll be sharing some of our new programs that we're using to train people on a deeper level and to expand our reach because we know we need to work harder than ever before. And so we're committing to do that, especially in the next two or three years. Um, But the other thing that we've been trying to do is we've noticed that people are at a point of extreme discouragement, Um, not just students, but a lot of our supporters and people in older generations. And so we want to do more to show them that there is hope if everyone comes together and fights really hard. And so we're trying to encourage them because if we give up, if we lose hope, we will never Mm -hmm. see victory. We have Mm -hmm. to fight as if victory is on the horizon. Um, And so that's something that we're really trying to do is infuse some encouragement back into people Mm -hmm. so that they don't give up the fight. Well, that's good stuff because uh, obviously we faced the same thing uh, here with our team. Uh, Very discouraged after the election. Although we don't put all our eggs in the uh, political basket. I mean, we did what we could to educate voters uh, about abortion, uh, to elect the type of people we need in public office. And obviously we didn't win in the White House and that that really hurt. Uh, but, you know, like you, we're, we're staying positive. Uh, you, you may have to adjust what your goals are a bit, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but still they're very attainable. We win every single day we go out. I'm sure you do as well. 
when you're changing hearts and minds, uh, we do that on college campuses. We have the testimonies to back them up and you as well. And also at the abortion centers. So when you, every day we save a baby or we change someone's mind on abortion, that's a victory. Uh, that is a victory. And those stories need to be told because we hold the truth to this. If, if we can get out and get enough people out doing this work, we can turn the tide. It's just we got to have the long view, though. And I've told our t team we've got to be in it for the long run and we've got to be able to survive these difficult times. I call them times of exile in a sense that we are we are kind of living in a time where we're, we're kind of strangers in our own country in a way. But uh, that, that gives us actually some advantages. But uh, so, Christian, let me ask you this. Um, I love the idea that you've uh, you're, you're focusing also on high school campuses. We did that a while back. Uh, obviously, colleges are a place where we feel we need to be. We, we feel like almost colleges are a great training ground for our people because you're going to get questions you don't get asked in a high school uh, mm -hmm. setting. Uh, obviously, that's the marketplace of idea. That's where future leaders are deciding what their careers are going to be. And so we're never going to abandon the college campuses. But we've also found out over the years that a lot of students have made up their minds. They're, they're in some ways almost set unfortunately, at that stage of life where their worldview is already set, not always, obviously, we have changed minds there. But at high school level, it's different. Uh, and, and that's why we began to shift a bit in our outreach, too. We do it a little differently. You know, we go to the public sidewalk rather than going on inside and establishing organizations. Uh, but do you feel the same way there, that that's the focus? Absolutely. And I think there's different reasons to reach high school versus college, and both are important. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a really good job. Like I said, we're on almost every university's campus in the state of awesome. Michigan, and our goals for each group on every college campus is to expose the reality of abortion and share the pro-life message with 100% of that campus. And so mm -hmm. as we continue to improve those efforts, we do feel an urgency and a responsibility to get into high schools because you're exactly right. That's where young people are often starting to explore what they believe in other religions and um, mm -hmm. dip their toes into different social issues. And we want to make sure that when Planned Parenthood is in there with those advertisements we talked about or presentations, that we're also there so that they can see the truth and hear the other side. My guest is Kristen Polo, and go to uh, protectlifemi.com to find out more. And folks, I, I'm going to exhort you, encourage you to take action today. And that is, first of all, if you're interested in equipping yourself more on the pro-life message, if you want to become an ambassador for life, I can't suggest uh, a better book than Scott Klusendorf's book, My Good Friend, The Case for Life. Scott Klusenhorst's book, uh, Equipping Christians to Engage the Culture. And if you want to purchase that, you can go to our store. Uh, and our store, uh, it, it, we, we sell the uh, book for $25. But if you want to make a donation today for $50, you can just click on the donate link at uh, markharringtonshow.com or createdequal.org and give 50 bucks. And we'll send this to you as well, Scott's book. Um, and so that, that's my, my first, uh, marching order for the day. Uh, Kristen, uh, just last week, I think it was last week, the FDA 
basically uh, repealed the the restrictions on the dispensing of the abortion pill. And we knew that was coming, unfortunately. And now, unfortunately, the pill will be much more accessible to women who want to abort using medical abortions. They don't have to have the face-to-face meeting with a physician. Of course, the Biden administration says this is because of COVID, but we understand that it's highly likely that this is not going to be repealed after COVID, especially during the next four years. The pill abortion, chemical abortion uh, method poses a really, uh, a very big challenge for our movement, especially those of us who reach out to college and high school students. Uh, what, if anything, are you guys doing to try to address that? Yeah. Well, thanks to Created Equal, we've added some signs to our lineup so that when we're doing outreach, we have images of these babies at earlier stages and information about the abortion pill um, so that we can try to educate people. But to be honest with you, Mark, we have the same strategy. Mm-hmm. We have always said that human val- human life has value because it's human life, not because mm-hmm. it's a certain size or a certain age. And so I think a place where our movement might go wrong is if we focus on human life has valuable because a baby can feel pain or because it has a heartbeat or something else, then people won't feel like valuing and protecting these lives is as important. But if we approach it from that human rights perspective of Mm -hmm. human beings have value because they're human, regardless of how old they are or what size they are, then people know and understand that they're going to recognize the value of even these really young lives and want to protect them as well. So that's our approach. And it always will be no matter well, and what then, type you know, of I'm, I'm glad to hear that about. because that, that that's pretty consistent to the way we approach it as well. Whether you're mm-hmm. killing a baby using a medical uh, method or a surgical method, it's still a child and the child's life begins at fertilization. That's always been our position. Um, it doesn't matter about the method in which they are being exterminated. Uh, the challenge becomes if you're going to say uh, you can no longer as easily say target the abortionist who might be in a standalone facility where women go to get the so-called surgery. That makes it a little more difficult uh, if you're on that type of thing, which, of course, we are outside the abortion center. So that makes it a little more difficult, you know, because now the abortionist is going to be the pharmacist or the UPS driver. I mean, it's not really. Uh, and the women are just going to have these uh, shipped to their homes. Uh, but but as far as pill abortions, we need to be able to discuss with women what it looks like, what it's like. Uh, so, Mr. Producer, if you would bring up uh, one of our uh, abortion pill signs from the store, uh, bring up the one that the third one there, which is the uh, the one that's taken from the unplanned movie. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think women just think, oh, you know, this is no big deal. I'm just going to go take a pill just like I would a birth control pill or something else or whatever, some kind of medicine. And this is going to be no big deal because Planned Parenthood basically tells them that nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, The fact that they are having the abortion in their home or in their apartment, in their bathroom, uh, more than likely the baby's going to be disposed of through the toilet. I mean, People need to know this. I don't think they do. Uh, and they need to be told this. Uh, 
So that's how we're trying to reach people on college campuses. We have these signs they are hugely effective. We use them in front of the abortion centers as well. I expect very soon that 50, 60, 70 percent of all abortions are going to be pill abortions. So we need to be clear on how the abortion pill works. If you would take a second and explain that to our, our viewers, our listeners, how does it work? How does the abortion pill work? Yeah. I mean, essentially, we were just doing an interview recently with Michigan State University because they've been promoting this to their college students. And we're like, you think it's through a the good health thing center there through their health? Yeah. center? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. You think it's a good thing to send a woman into her dorm room to have an abortion there in her dorm? I mean, Mark, you said mm-hmm. it's a traumatic ex- experience. It's you're expelling the baby and killing the baby right there in your your dorm room and i think exactly like you said it's treated like it's no big deal but that's not reality it is traumatic obviously for the woman and also for the life that's being taken but what's the what's the process how does it work i mean what does a woman do she the 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 process of actually uh aborting the child using a medical abortion She takes two pills. I think the Mm -hmm. first one um, starves the baby and the second expels it. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the first one's uh, mifeprestone, which is a a drug that uh, basically deprives the unborn child of nutrition and the baby dies. The second one um, is uh, misoprestol, and that is the one that expels the baby. That's the one that causes the woman to cramp, cramp, and she does that at home. Uh, she does that at home. Unfortunately, I think we're going to see more and more of these uh, babies uh, killed at home, and they're going to be later and later in pregnancy. We're going to hear all kinds of horrific stories of, you know, ambulances being co- coming to people's homes and, and so forth. And you're going to be fine. We, we had this happen here recently locally with a young lady that actually got the uh, pill abortion online from uh, out of the country and aborted a 20 week of baby uh, and, and wow. you know, put him in a shoe box. And it was big news. And I thought, well, you know, that that kind of happens every day in America. But because it's happening in someone's home, unfortunately, I think it's going to be more common. Yeah, and, I think it's more dangerous to women. And something I've heard from a lot of pregnancy centers that we work with here in Michigan is that when you're not going in to see a physician, um, Mm -hmm. there are many scary things that can happen. Let's say you had an ectopic pregnancy and you didn't know. Some of the symptoms of that are very similar to what you would expect to see from a pill abortion. And so if you take this pill and it doesn't, it's not going to treat the problem of the ectopic pregnancy. A woman could die from that and not even know that she's dying because she thinks she's seen the results of the pill abortion. Um, So much for Planned Parenthood caring about women's health. I mean, they don't, this is about abortion always has been. They're not about healthcare or they're about abortion. They always have been. And this is evidence, even more evidence. They don't care what happens really to the woman. They just want uh, abortion to expand, access to abortion to expand. Uh, and that's what really the pill abortion is all about. So, Christian, if you would, we got about uh, 30 seconds or so. If you would leave our uh, viewers, our listeners with some uh, marching orders and some hope to continue the battle. 
the days of us sitting on the sidelines and leaving this hard work of educating people about abortion and changing people's minds, we leaving that to the pros, those days are gone. We cannot mm. do that. There's a lot on the line. And if we are going to ever turn the tide and win, we're going to need every single person who calls, calls themselves pro-life to step up to the plate and do something about it. And I know that requires us leaving our comfort zones in scary ways that we don't want to, but it is so worth it. I, you know, I, I said, Mark, that there are so many people who have just lost hope, it seems. Right. And I want people to know that hope is not lost. We might not see a lot of wins federally over the next few mm -hmm. years, but we are going to see wins locally right in our own backyard. And we can only do that if everyone comes together and steps up to the plate. If you want to hear stories of encouragement, what's happening on campus here in Michigan, check out our website, protectlifemi.org. Or you can follow us on social media because we post every single day. Um, and there are many encouraging stories that will lift you up and encourage you to fight harder. So, folks, I want you to take action. If you want to get this book, The Case for Life from Scott Klusendorf, go to our store and pick it up, 25 bucks. Or you can donate to Created Equal for 50 bucks, and we'll send you the book. Uh, Kristen Polo has been on my guest, Executive Director of Protect Life Michigan. Thank you, Kristen, for being on the program. And we'll see you next time, folks. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.